Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Well, their giving is a lot. It's costly and it honors God. It pleases Him that they give to Him in this way. So I think this spans in, in, in terms of all areas that we would give in our time, our talent, our treasure, in all those areas. God, give you my best, give you my first, and be mindful that I'm giving it to you. That I'll come to that at the very end, but I'll say it right now. Some people in their serving can forget that they're serving the Lord. And if you forget that, you'll be stumbled. If you're serving the Lord, but you start thinking that you're serving the people or serving the man, you'll be stumbled. Where are you spending your time, energy, and money? In today's message, we'll be reminded by Pastor Bill that God desires the first fruits of our labor. That means he wants our best. He doesn't want afterthoughts or leftovers. He desires that you will think of him first when you get your paycheck or plan out your week. That's easier said than done. It requires a huge shift in focus from what makes you happy and comfortable to what would bring glory to your gracious Savior. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 28, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Seven lambs in their first year without blemish, three-tenths of an ephah flour as a grain offering mixed with oil. For each bull, two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour and grain offering mixed with oil. For the one ram and one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering for each lamb, as a burnt offering of sweet aroma, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Their drink offering shall be half a hen of wine for a bull, one third of a hen for a ram, and a fourth of a hen for a lamb. This is the burnt offering for each month throughout the months of the year. Also, one kid of the goats as a sin offering to the Lord shall be offered besides the regular burnt offering and his drink offering. And this is what I, I recognized here. I started counting it up. Day to day, Two male, two male lambs. And then on the Sabbath day, which is once a week, two lambs in the first year and the ephah flour and the grain and the oil and the drink offering. And then once a month, special offering. Now, this is the business even bigger. Once a month, you got bull, you got two young bulls, one ram. So these are more expensive. These are more costly. These are bulls are bigger than lambs, if you will. And so I'm looking at this thing and this is, this is, this is, a, it, it looks like at first, like, wow, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of, it's a lot of giving to the, that's a lot of barbecue. I mean, that's a lot of, there's a lot that they're bringing to the Lord, but then this is it, right? Then God wouldn't command you to do something that he wouldn't provide for you to do. So if he's commanding this, it's because he's provided it for them. Now they were going to have to give it. They would give it in obedience. They would give it in faith, but God's commanding them to do it and it's done. But I would point this out because Somebody selfish would start counting up the, the, the amounts here and say, God's asking a whole lot. But, but what did we talk about in the very beginning? That everything you have comes from the Lord. Right? Can God ask too much from me? He can't. He can have everything. He's the Lord. Right? And this isn't some gimmick. God isn't playing. God isn't some televangelist trying to you know, break people out of every dime that they have. God is saying that it's, it's good for you to give to me. It's good for you. So you don't become selfish. You don't start trusting in what you do. Maybe giving all that stuff keeps you in a place where you're looking to me to, to multiply your animals again. And you're trusting in me to, to give another harvest. And you're looking to me to bring the rain. And so you giving these things keeps you in a place where you're looking to me to continue to provide it. You continue to give it. I continue to provide it. Keeps us in a good place where you realize that I'm the one that sustains you. Not your hard work. 
Um, you can work hard as you want. If I don't send the rain, you won't have a crop. You can work hard as you want with them animals. If I don't bless them, they won't multiply. Right. And, and we've seen that in scripture where God decided I'm going to bless this person's animals to just they're going to be extra fertile. You know, just just, you know, God blesses what he's going to bless. And so something that I, I remember teaching this to each of my kids at different times is and it was a story from David. Maybe you guys may be familiar with the story, but there was a time where David wanted to offer offering to the Lord. And because of who he was. The guy said, man, here, you can have the threshing for here. He gave him David everything he needed to get. David said, no, 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 no. I need to buy it. And the guy said, no, you can have it. David said, no, I got to buy it. And he said this, I cannot give to the Lord that which costs me nothing because you know what? Then it's not worship. Right. If I give to the Lord that which costs me nothing, it's not worship. That's why I tell parents, don't give your kids a dollar to give at church. They ain't worship. You worship, but they ain't worship yet. Right. Let them earn an allowance and encourage them. Pray about how much of that you want to give to the Lord. And let them decide. And whatever they decide to give, that's worship. Now, now it's worship. Now they're saying, I'm taking from my give that Lord that much. You'll see how they worship. You'll see if they're a worshiper or they're they're a pincher, you know. But now they have the opportunity. When you have your own, now it could be worship. How much of that you want to give to the Lord? And you teach them and you show them and you tell them, but I don't even I don't even tell them how much. I don't push them, I don't pressure them. I say, you know what? They see what we do, and I say, now that's yours. You earned it. That's your money. They be counting it, counting it 10 times. You know how kids do when they get a couple dollars. They count it. Mom, can I get 21s so I can count it and look like I got big bank, you know? But you got to give some of that to the Lord, man. You got to pray about what part of that you're going to worship the Lord with. And so here, um, again, it looks like a lot. But you and I want to also be mindful. Don't give to the Lord that which costs you nothing. That might be in your service that, you know, don't give the God. Don't give God the least that you can give. Give him your best. Right. If it's in giving. Don't give the least you can give. Give them your best. Anybody ever tipped a waitress that didn't do a good job, but she was going to leave something because you didn't want to leave nothing and be rude? She just gives the very like, what's the least I can give? And just like, you know, two dollars. The service was terrible, but I'm going to just be gracious and give something. You know, but you understand the heart behind that. The heart is I'm not I just that's the least I can do. That's, that's yeah, I can I can I can go without that. Some people give to the Lord like that and they give their they give financially like that. They give their time to the Lord like that. I, 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 Lord, I'm busy. I had all day. I got, I got two minutes before I fall asleep. Here, pray. I'll pray. You know, you give God, you, you, you give God a few couple minutes of reading when your attention span is all tore up and you, you're, you're done for the day. Give them your best. Devotionally, and that's why we're always encouraged to do it first thing in the morning. Um, do it again in the afternoon. Do it again in the evening. But come to the Lord first thing in the morning before anybody else gets to, to, to tear you up, to get to mess with you or whatever, give, give him first dibs. Come to him first. And, and know that it, it's okay for it to be costly, that your worship would cost you something. It, 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 costs, it costs something to worship the Lord. But everything it costs you was given to you by him anyway. I'm not, I've never offered to God a thing that he didn't give me. If I offer my service, who gave me the gifts to serve with? He did. If Anything I do for God, who gave me the ability to do it? He did. If I give a thing, who gave me the thing to give? He did. I'm just giving back a portion. I've kept quite a bit. Only the best I've done is ever give back a portion of what the Lord has given me in worship. You know, they're giving. It's a lot. It's costly. And it honors God. It pleases him that they give to him in this way. And so I think this spans in, in, in terms of all areas that we would give in our time, our talent, our treasure, and all those areas. God, give you my best give you my first and be mindful that I'm giving it to you. 
That I'll come to that at the very end, but I'll say it right now. Some people in their serving can forget that they're serving the Lord. And if you forget that, you'll be stumbled. If you're serving the Lord, but you start thinking that you're serving the people or serving the man, you'll be stumbled. Um, and doing youth ministry, if I was serving the Lord, then it didn't matter what the kids did. But if I was serving the kids, you're going to be bummed out sometimes because they don't respond real well. Anybody that's worked with teenagers, um, it could be disheartening at times. Um, you don't see the fruit. You don't see the results. You don't see even there's no appreciation for whatever you might sow in, whatever you might put together. And if you're doing it for them or and you're looking for them to respond in kind, you might be disappointed. But if you do it as unto the Lord and offer it to the Lord in worship, then you're not really focused as heavily on what's happening here. It's like, God, I give this to you. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm ministering to them on your behalf. That, that can go over with your kids. That can go over if you got a, if you got a challenging marriage. God, I'm doing this in, in your name. I'm, I'm honoring my spouse. I'm doing whatever it is that, that, that you might be glorified. I'm offering it to you. And so moving on now, that's the monthly offering. Now look at verses 16 to 25. It's a big chunk. It's the Passover offering. And it says on the 14th, on the 14th day of the first month of the Passover of the Lord, and on the 15th day of this month is the feast. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. You shall present an offering made by fire as a burnt offering to the Lord. Two young bulls, one ram, seven lambs in their first year. Be sure that they are without blemish. Their grain offering shall be a fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an ephah. You shall offer for a bull and two-tenths for a ram. You shall offer one-tenth of an ephah for each of the seven lambs. Also one goat as a sin offering to make atonement for you. You shall offer these, I'm sorry, you shall offer these besides the burnt offerings of the morning, which is for a regular burnt offering. In this manner, you shall offer the food of the offering made by fire daily for seven days as a sweet aroma to the Lord. It shall be offered besides the regular burnt offering and its drink offerings. And on the seventh day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. And so here, this is the Passover offering. And this was another offering that had symbolism and had pictures to it. God was instructing him. And I wonder if you were a Jew and you didn't, we kind of have the benefit of knowing where this was going, right? We know we, we have the full story. We know, um, you know, the Passover. We know what God had done. We know that what it was a picture of, and we knew that it was it was it was, you know, what it what it would have meant for them back then. And God said, "Look, I want you to do these things. All these animals, I want you to bring them. All these all these articles, all these things, that, all these things that I give you: the grain, the flour, the the oil, the new wine. All these things, I want you to bring them to me." And it's going to be a Passover offer. I want you to now you're going to look back at what I did for you guys. Um, you're going to look back at when I passed over you guys and all the Israelites. I mean, all the all the Egyptians had people. Someone died. They had children die. But I passed over you guys. And I, I look at this and I'm 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 reminded many times through scriptures. I look at the different feasts and things that God didn't want people to forget what he had done because we're a forgetful people. You could be going through something today and, you know, it could be overwhelming you today and you forgot the last 10 things that you were going through. God, God was faithful, but we forget, we forget what God did. And sometimes there are people that we're, we're wanting to see God apprehend hearts and we're praying that God would do something and we forget how lost we were. And God apprehended us. 
You know, it, 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 it seems so impossible and so out of reach and so far off. And it's like, no, no, look in your mirror. He got you. So it's not out of reach. We just we're forgetful people. We forget. And so God said, I, I, some of these things I do so you don't forget. I want you to I don't want you guys forgetting what I did. Because what would they do? They would forget and they would start worshiping other gods. They would forget how awesome their God was. They would forget how, how, how wonderful the things that he had done for them was. They would forget. And then what they, when they would forget and they weren't mindful of the Lord, they would start lusting after these false gods and idols. They would start looking at the things that didn't require faith. They would start looking at what the, the nations around them had, little idols and gods. And, and, and maybe the celebrations looked a little more fun to your flesh. Um, we weren't around back then, but if, if, if you lived in an Israelite town and you had Sabbath day, sun up, down, sun up, no, you know, no, no working and you worshiped at the temple and you prayed to a God you couldn't see. And, and it was very holy and there was no sinning and there was this, that and the other. And then you look across town and they got a temple and they having sex and they're getting drunk and they're in part of their worship. I could see people saying like, I want to go to that church. <laughs> It's happening today. I'm just so you know. You can see in their carnality, people looking over there saying, "Man, that looks looks fun." Mom, I don't like our church. I don't like I don't like this kind of worship. I don't know. Maybe that I don't. I don't even know if I believe in this anymore. Because 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 that that's drawing that that's appealing to the flesh, and that's not much different than what we're living today. And so, guys, I want you to remember. Right. Israelites for them. Don't don't forget what I did. You were you were you guys. You remember all those people died, but y'all were preserved because of covenants of me because I'm God because I life and death is in my hands because I'm almighty, all powerful. And I love you guys. Don't forget that for you and I. What's the what's the meal that we're to take and remember It's communion? God said, don't forget the broken body and the shed blood. Don't forget that you were going to hell. Don't forget that you were separated from me by your sins. But my body was broken and my blood was shed to bring you back into relation. Don't forget that, please. Don't lose sight of that. Don't get so busy. Don't get so, you know, enamored or or just taken by the things of this world that you forget that thing that I did for you guys. Don't forget it. Don't forget that. Um, And so here he, he puts these feasts together so that they wouldn't forget to bring them into remembrance. Because just like us, they were a people prone to forget who he was and what he had done for them. And then the last one, um, look at verses 26 to 31. Um, This is the Feast of Weeks or the Pentecost. Um, It says, also on the day of the first fruits, when you bring a new grain, when you bring a new, uh, when you bring a new grain offering to the Lord at your Feast of Weeks, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. You shall present a burnt off. You shall present a burnt offering as a sweet aroma to the Lord. Two young bulls, one ram, seven lambs in their first year with their grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, three tenths of an ephah for each bull, two tenths for the one ram and one tenth for each of the seven lambs. Also, one kid of the goats to make atonement for you. Be sure they are without blemish. You shall present them with their drink offerings beside the regular offerings with its grain. And so. Again, this is another offering in addition to. And God said, this is, you know, this is to be done in addition to all the other things I got you doing. I want you guys to remember this. I want you guys to come. And it was the feast of, of first fruits. Uh, some would call it or the day of first fruits. And so what was being remembered here is this. On the day where the first fruits would come, they were to offer it to the Lord. God said, when you first get it right now, what is that? T- what is that? remind you of in the New Testament. What do you do? What are we to do with our first fruits of what we receive? We're to give back to the Lord. 
God said, now why? Why, why, God, why does he want it first? And anybody here that's, that gives, think about it. If you don't give it first, what happens to it? It takes wings. If you don't give it when you got it, right? If it's like, I mean, if, if God gives you, like, I better give it right now. If you don't give it right now, for some of us, you know, come Sunday, it's like, God, I had, I had a lot to offer you, and now, now I need some more already. You know, like I'm broke, you know, and, and that's, that's what happens. And so God said, look, when you get it, give it to me. First fruits. Offer it up right away. Because he knows us. And there, there also is this. Um, with the first fruits, there's, there's, a, there's an element of faith involved in giving of the first fruits. I mean, this is the first I got, right? And, you know, I got a whole year to go. This is the feast of first fruits. Like, now I'm hoping that it's a good harvest altogether. And I'm hoping that more is coming. But this is the first stuff we got. So to give them the first is like, can, can I hold the first? And then when we get some more and I got enough to where I know that I have enough to give, then I'll give. That's how we want to do it. That's comfortable. But God says, no, give, give it to me first. Out of the very first, give to me then and then trust me to continue. Trust, trust, trust me that gave you the first thing to give you the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so there's an element of faith involved with giving to the Lord for them of giving of the first fruits of, again, they were agricultural society of the crops and of the firstborn and so, so forth and so on. So too with us. There's an element of faith in saying, God, I'm going to give this to you. It's like, but what about the rest of the week? I don't know how the week's going to go. And I, and I mean, something may come up and I may need this. But I'm like, Just give it to the Lord first. Leave it with him. First fruits. God, I worship you with the first of everything that I have and just leave it with the Lord. And so once again, as I look at giving of the first fruits, it's to the Lord. But how do you benefit from giving to the Lord of your first fruits? Uh, and I believe in this way. If I'm able to give to the Lord first, it's, it says a lot about where he falls in my life first. Um, if I give to me first, what's that say about me? Me first. I'm going to take care of my kids first, my kids first. When I give to the Lord first, it's because he's first. That's why you can have the first time of the day. You can have the first of my resources and the first of God. You get your first. You're above everything else. And we all know, if I were to ask everybody here, guys, are we supposed to put the Lord first? Yes. I mean, you know, we know that he's supposed to be first, but is he first in reality in our practical lives? Does he get first? And if he's not, be reminded tonight, he deserves to be first. Nobody deserves. And we, I think we all know that. We don't, I don't even have to preach that hard. We all know that nothing deserves to be in front of him. But we all also know that sometimes we let things get in front of him. And we got to just set it right. I got to figure out if there's any area in my life where something is in front of God and priority. Something's, I've, I've let something get elevated above him. I got to bring that thing down and make sure the Lord is first in every area. And so in closing, as, as, as God commanded these different offerings, he was, communicate, he was communicating to them one thing, well, a few things, but one thing was this. I want you guys to come to me. Each one of these offerings demanded that they came to him. And so God said, you guys, come to me, man. Come, come be with me. Come worship me. It wasn't just that they were coming to the Lord. They were coming to God regularly, and they were coming to God in a worshipful state. Come to me regularly. Come to me in a worshipful state. God wants you to be with him. He wants you in the morning. He wants you in the evening. He wants you in the midday. God wants you to come before him in a worshipful state. You'd be amazed at what it'll do for you. How, how would you be different coming to the Lord morning, noon, and night in a worshipful way? Putting him first above everything. Giving to the Lord of your time, your treasure, your talent in a first way, in a worshipful way, in a sacrificial way. How, how would things be different? How would your life be different? That's what God wants. God said, I, I'm, I'm calling them to come to me in that sort of way. That they would come regularly and they would come in a worshipful state. 
And then I wrote these three things down. Their offering, the offerings were all these three things. They were all to the Lord. They were all to be first. You know, they were to give the Lord of their first. And they were to give the Lord of their best. And so in everything that you offer and give to the Lord, uh, make sure that what you're offering is not to man, but it's to the Lord. If that's your service, if that's your finance or whatever, don't give it to man. Give it to the Lord. If you're if and then don't do your service for man, do your service as unto the Lord. Make sure that whatever you're offering is to the Lord. Second, make sure that it's first. The God, you, 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 this is, you got first priority, first dibs, the, the best, the first of everything. And lastly, make sure that he's giving you giving him your best. I get first and you get best. Best of my time, best of what I have to offer, best of my gifts. God, you get the best of everything that I have. It's to the Lord first and it's best. Last two things, remember who it is that sustains you. Right, everything that we have comes from him. It's not my hard work. It's not, I don't sustain myself. I'm sustained by the Lord. So I need to remember that. And I need to remember his atoning sacrifice. Because in all these things, there was a picture woven through. You got every, with each of these things, there was lambs, lambs, lambs. And God was saying, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting this thing down the pike because I'm going to come one day. And John the Baptist, the forerunner, is going to say, hey, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And you'll look back at all these sacrifices and all these lambs and why they were perfect and spotless and they had not had kids yet. And they were, you know, all these different things. They were young. They were male. They were this. They were that. And God says, now, look, I'm that. I'm that for you. The Lamb of God, I came to take away your sins. I'm the sacrifice for you. I was painting a picture of what I was coming to do for you. And if you're having a rough day, if you're having a rough week, if you're having a rough time in life, I just want to remind you of that, right? That the Lamb of God came to take away your sins. Your biggest issue has been dealt with. We got little things that pop up, guys. We have things that happen day to day. We have life happens. Difficult things happen. We can kind of be taken over by those things. Just kind of let them consume us. Um, Sometimes we got to back up a step and just say, you know what? The Lamb of God take away my sins. The most important issue in my life is dealt with. And and I'll work through everything from that place. We'll work it. We'll work it down from there. And and we got to practice what we know. You might be going along just fine and things are good and you're loving Jesus and you're worshiping and then boom, something happened. It's a choice to let those things enamor you and take you over or to say, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to do what I, I do the best I can, do my best, commit the rest. I'm going to go on about what the Lord has for me. Um, and we have to make that choice that the enemy doesn't just steal from us left and right. Because I can't control some outside junk. Everything that happens, I know it passes by the Lord, happens for a reason. God's in control. God could have prevented that thing. He didn't prevent it. So I'm like, all right, God, you let that happen. I'm going to just trust that you got a purpose in it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was, you know, we crashed this girl. Mika got to pray with her. Maybe that's what it was. You know, who knows? But um, whatever you're going through, if something's got you distracted from the Lord, it's just one more reason why you need to be going before him day and noon and night. That you might get, because we sometimes we need a continual reset. Reset my focus, reset my mind, reset my heart on the Lord. Amen. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, just a reminder that these offerings, uh, the things they remind us, Lord, that we need to be coming to you, that we need to worship you. We need to come to you and offer you our best, our first, uh, and and be sure that, Lord, that we're offering to you. I pray for all those that are here. Uh, Lord, you know each of us, you know the details of our life. Uh, the things that we're battling through and going through. And in the midst of all of that, thank you, Lord, that you died for us, that you've forgiven us, that you rose from the grave. And that God, um, God we're, we're, our biggest need has been met by you. And we worship you for that. We thank you for it. Pray you would be glorified in our midst. 
And our Lord, you know our weaknesses, so help us. Help us to make time to be in your presence personally, daily, multiple times a day. And God, as we come before you, I pray you would meet with us each time. Thank you for this time in your presence and in your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting, and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel, Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today, but Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word.